0: This week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast covers the results of the Home Run Derby, the preview of the 2022 All-Star Game, and where will Juan Soto and Shohei Otani be playing in the near future? Find out next.
1: Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Johns, and I am joined, as always, by my co host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team, and this is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on,
0: listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode number 68. Alex and I are coming to you live. It is July 18th, Monday night, just minutes after the finish of the home run derby at Dodger Stadium. And Alex, what a special night it was. Got to see the young guns of the game, just the young stars of Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez kind of take the stage and take over uh, the city of L.A. tonight. Uh, What just what, of course, what an exciting event to have, uh, the time limits, the 30-second you know, bonus times, all that good stuff. Alex, your biggest takeaway so far from the home run derby tonight as we just witnessed a couple minutes ago.
1: Yeah, so even though, even though of course, Juan Soto pulled off the victory, I think one of the biggest stories is the growth of the reputation and the, I guess, the perception of, of the common fan about Julio Rodriguez. Truly a special player coming up very quickly. Um, The first maybe few weeks he had some struggles, you know, maybe getting on base or different things. Um, The last month or so, Travis, two months maybe, there's just been absolutely no doubts about his ability in the baseball field. And then being a rookie as he is, being such a young player as he is, uh, 21, I believe, um, just, you know, becoming a newly graduated prospect Uh, It will take some time to kind of grow your name to being like a national star, but an event like this is going to help a lot. And he really kind of showed off how much raw power he really has. He ranks very highly on like the exit velocity leaderboards, like the max exit velocity is really great on him. So um, we knew the pop was there, if you've been paying attention to him, but he really kind of put it on display for the whole world to see, for the LA fans to see. And it was a great event, but I think that in my mind, Julio is the big takeaway, even though he got runner-up. Definitely. He uh, put on some monster rounds early on. And Travis, it feels like the only reason he may have lost, maybe sort of would've won anyways, but for whatever reason, that last round, Julio did not get the second 440-foot home run ball. Mm-hmm. So he lost 30 seconds of his bonus round as a result. And because of that, it seems like uh, Soda really passed him up about halfway through his bonus round. So maybe it would have been like a, a, like a really close like photo finish um, down to the wire if uh, Julio also had the same... Uh, you know the same bonus time, but that's on Julio, of course. Yep. Either way, great event, I think.
0: Yeah, and it felt like this home run derby was kind of like the home run derby of 2008. I go back to the Josh Hamilton year where Josh Hamilton just stole the show, much like Julio. But Morneau came out to finish in the end. It all came down to it all came down to stamina. Not saying that it didn't came come down to stamina for tonight, but when it comes to the rounds, you knew that Julio was. I feel like maybe getting a little gassed in the end, but as you see, he wasn't able to get that 440 foot home run to, uh, to give him some more bonus time as Soto was able to keep doing that. Um, you know, it's kind of an interesting way you go out the home run derby there. There is a strategy to it. You know, you want to make sure you just keep up the pace, keep up the pace, keep up with your competition because you're not going against seven other guys. You're going, going against one opponent. Um, and you know, whoever that may be, you just got to get more home runs than that guy in that round. So I think Julio finished off with, I think it was it was definitely over 80 home runs tonight, uh, almost close to 90 home runs. Uh, it definitely had the most home runs tonight out of all of the players. So, you know, hats off to that. That's something to be very, very proud of. But Soto, of course, edging him out in the final rounds. Uh, I think it was, what, 19 to 18 or, or you know, yeah, something and, close and like that. Th-
1: there was some kind of baloney with the ending of the solo round like he was at it said he was 18 with one to go and he had like three home runs and they like hadn't called it it was just yeah
0: really, yep
1: really strange counting phenomena uh all, all event and travis just to kind of throw some some kind of juicy gossip <laughs> out there the people are saying online travis that they miscounted on the schwarber and they're saying that albert got away with a tie that should have been a loss um I'm glad, I guess, that Albert got his kind of, you know, his day and his recognition and lots of... um, Hey,
0: almost the final round, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really was a possibility that he'd make it that far, but it's just kind of funny. In that first round, people are saying Shorbert kind of got snubbed out um, based on a counting error, apparently. Mm -hmm. But, I mean... Any any sort of upset of that caliber, 8 over 1, is a pretty big deal. But I actually heard that the last five home run derbies, Travis, the 1C loses the first round. Don't know why wow. that uh, is a continuing trend. But, um, yeah, I mean, hitting the most home runs in the regular season doesn't mean you're going to be ready. Home run derbies, I like got most a different skill where there's stamina involved. You want a, cons- a consistent swing. You need the ball to be pitched perfectly. I feel like some of those guys are almost make or break based on who they pick to throw them the soft toss, right? Yeah. Because some of these guys are get, getting balls at their eye level. And like, what are you going to, I mean, it's going to be hard to muscle that out um, when the ball is coming in so slow. But uh, yeah, long story short, um, it's still a great event and we can probably focus on tomorrow now, Travis, which is going to be probably today for the listeners, but all star game is tomorrow. Um, all the kind of roster spots were finalized. And then some guys even dropped out for, injury or because they recently started or what have you. But um, we'll get into some of these details now, Travis. The one thing we know for sure that's been announced is the starters as well as the lineups uh, for tomorrow. The starting pitchers, AL is going to be Shane McClanahan and National League will be Clayton Kershaw. So um, I think those are are two great choices. A lot of people I think have in in their mind who they want to see, but McClanahan for me is an easy AL choice. If it's not going to be Otani, Otani did decline to pitch. Um, I think he's not pitching at all, but he's Mm -hmm. definitely not pitching first. Um, he apparently was offered, uh, and, and I think he wants to really focus on his next regular season start, which would be the first angels game, uh, following the break Kershaw, Travis. Um, I think it's a great pick because one, he's never done it. Yep. He's never started the all-star game Two, it's in front of his Dodger, Hometown. Uh his cert his a future with the franchise is not uh certain, you know. Like mm-hmm. he's on a, a one-year deal, right? If I'm not mistaken, yep, one year deal. And he almost ended up leaving this last offseason, so he will always be a Dodger legend, but he may not be there forever. So with that in mind, it's gonna be really good to see him wearing Dodger Blue at Dodger Stadium to start the game. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh the first plate appearance is going to be Kershaw versus Otani, who's leading off for the AL. Um, any other thoughts, I guess, Travis, on the, these announcements and these matchups are going to be pretty epic.
0: Yeah, no, they really will. And honestly, Shane McClanahan, well-deserving. If it wasn't going to be Ohtani, um, it definitely should have been Shane. I know we both had him on our, uh, our top leaderboard for the Cy Young, you know, first half so far. So good for him to get that nod. Um, and honestly, Shohei's pitching this Friday in Atlanta to start the second half. I don't think he'll probably even... I don't think they'll flirt with giving him an inning at all. I think they kind of just want him to rest for the second half. And that's really encouraging too for angels fans. You know, this guy is committed to somehow, you know, breaking ground, getting off to a good start in the second half. Season's not over. He knows that the season is still far away and wants to at least give it a good push for the angels in the second half. So that's at least really cool to see. He is leading off though for the AL. So that'd be fun to see Kershaw Shohei, first pitch of the night um, going that way. And then of course, Kershaw starting for the NL. Really cool to have that done. Snicker did a really good job with, uh, you know, I think his options were so much of of limitless. You know, he could have gone uh, Alcantara, he could have gone Gonsolin, he could have gone with his guy, even Max Freed, Alex. So many options he could have went with, but he went with Kershaw to start off the, uh, the all-star game at Dodger Stadium. We don't know what's gonna happen with Kershaw this off season, if he'll be a Dodger, if he'll sign kind of a longer term deal, or will he go to, you know, always rumored that he'll go to Texas, finish out his career as a Ranger, because he's from the area. Don't know about that as well. We could see where he could end up. Um, but yeah, really cool situation going on right now with uh, Kershaw starting for the NL. Um, and then the lineups, Alex, I mean, lineups are pretty, um, they, they've, they've been edited a lot since I think right. the last week. I mean, we know trout right now is out of the all-star game with, um, I think it was some ribbed, uh, it, it might've been some, rib tightness and then some, there is some back spasm as well going on. So he's kind of just on the, uh, IL, could be still possibility for Friday in Atlanta but of course you don't want to rush that kind of thing into uh you know a longer injury or long term injury so good thing for trout he's going to be sitting out for uh for us angel fans getting ready for the second half but uh he of course was replaced by Ty France Alex and me and you both thought you know you thought he should have started i thought he should have definitely been a utility guy on the bench both of us agreed he should have been an all-star was snubbed at least now he gets his shot in so- the all-star game to some maybe come somehow come in late in the game and be you know a big bat
1: yeah some justice there for sure getting ty france in almost everybody that i feel like people wanted to kind of get in ended up getting in except for a couple names still come to mind like taylor ward Mm -hmm. someone who we think should have got in um a better war a better uh, ops plus plus than some guys on the team but you know um it is completely understandable that he has not played as many games as some of those guys and he also has not uh, been as consistent the last month for him has not been very good at the plate. Um, I still think he deserves the spot mm-hmm. based on what an incredible first month he had. But uh, nonetheless, another guy really comes to mind as someone else who was snubbed Travis. That's going to be Dylan Cease. The fact that there's been so many replacements for pitchers, um, I know just like last. Last or maybe a day or two ago, mm-hmm. they they put in Jordan Romano and Liam Hendricks as pitchers to fill the spots of other pitchers that weren't going to be able to make the cut. weren't, weren't going to be able to show up. Um, for that reason, they went with those relievers instead of another starter like Cease. I mean. They, they can kind of it seems like a starter will miss out and they'll put in a relief or, or vice versa So yep. it's kind of inconsistent there But the fact that cease is not getting a spot Travis is pretty uh, nuts to me I have a couple stats here that kind of show how really especially has been in the first half here
0: And really crazy that you would take his teammate Liam Hendricks who we, we all know has has definitely fallen off in the first half so far this year He's had some blown saves, you know
1: I mean, he, yeah, I he, feel
0: like more times than not that we, we, we've we seen Liam Hendrick highlights. It's him giving up a home run to tie the game or to give up the lead. Um, and with CC, he could be a great guy to come off the bench and, you know, come into a bullpen role in the seventh inning, you know. So, yeah, really interesting.
1: And and, and yeah, so, like you said, I mean, if, if we made a top 10 closers list right now, Hendricks is going to be in the list just mm-hmm. on uh, reputation slash past accomplishment slash like you know he's going to bounce back in some way but just on who deserves an all-star spot you know Hendricks was there last year it really sucks that Cease is not getting his first nod this year uh this stat here from Codify Baseball uh in a 10 start span so 10 straight starts out of everyone in MLB history uh I'm talking about three earned runs and 79 or more strikeouts only been done four times Jake Arrieta in that crazy year he had mm-hmm. Chris Sale Jacob deGrom, and Dylan Cease this year. And this so, is all first half? I mean, it's just 10-start ten, ten, ten span, okay, period. Okay, yeah, okay. To 10 straight starts wow. of every uh, th- only three total earned runs in that th- in that 10 starts wow. and then wow. 79 case. So he's just kind of on, a, on another level with strikeouts and not letting any earned runs score. Um, so he's just been awesome, I think, and it's too bad that he's not getting the nod. But um, moving on to, I guess, some of the guys that are going to be uh, in the game tomorrow, Travis – I have the lineups here, and I just kind of want to ask you. I'll read it off first for the listeners, and then I'll ask you, who do you think is a more scary lineup? Mm-hmm. Who would you, who would you, uh, I guess, rather face or rather not face? Um, so for the American League tomorrow, it's going to be leadoff Otani, second Judge, third Devers, fourth Guerrero Jr., fifth Stanton, sixth Buxton, seventh uh, Tim Anderson, eighth Jimenez, and ninth is Alejandro Kirk. Okay. For the national league, it's leadoff Ronald Acuna Jr., second is Betts, third is Machado, fourth is Goldschmidt, uh, fifth is Trey Turner, sixth is Wilson Contreras, um, seventh is William Contreras, uh, eighth is Jock Peterson, and ninth is Jeff McNeil. Wow. So, given those names, I guess which lineup do you think you're more afraid of, and I guess who do you think has the edge? Let's put it that way, yeah,
0: and, and I mean. It's funny because you're, you're going to be facing two lefties tomorrow, Kershaw and McClanahan. And right now, the NL, the first five guys in the NL will just destroy lefties. You know, Acuna, Betts, Goldschmidt. Those are two three names I've, I've heard. I think you said Machado as well. Machado. They destroy lefties. So that, of course, is very scary to look at and see. And then you look at the AL side. You actually have a, quite, a, quite a few lefties. Otani, Devers, I think... Um, I think later on down the lineup. Jimenez Jimenez, as, you said the as well, hole, but yeah, yeah. But just to see those three in the top, uh, those two in the top three of the, of the order, um, facing a guy like Kershaw, he could have a smooth inning. We'll see what happens. But, um, I guess for me, the AL, it gets maybe a little bit weaker down these, down the edge, down the stretch. But I mean, that one through six is still, I mean, it's gotta be considered one of the deadliest lineups right there. And then you got the NL as well. Um, Such a tough one to go with. I mean, (laughs) I'll probably lean a little bit more on the NL side um, just because I feel like every one of those guys is going to do very well. And and I guess for my judgment wise, I'm looking at just facing McClanahan being a lefty. Um, All those guys seem to just mash lefties except for a guy maybe like Jock Peterson. But um, so far right now, I think that starting lineup for the NL looks pretty deep. looks pretty good. The ALS have some substitutions here and there. But um, with these kind of selections, man, I mean, I, it's it's tough to even say because you have so many stars on both sides. I guess for me, I'm just looking at the pitching matchup. I like the NL so far to start off the game, but substitutions wise, when it comes later on in the game, AL definitely probably has the guys to come in there and, you know, make a key di- difference or a key role. You got Kyle Tucker still waiting on the bench. You got Ty France still waiting on the bench. You got, I mean, so many other names still waiting on the bench to go out there and attack. So uh Interesting to see exactly, uh, you know, which team kind of gets off to the to the to the faster start. Um, edge wise, I mean, I've, I've been an AL guy always, so I always have to take the AL. I think the AL always has an edge to them. I feel like they, you know, at least the AL, I think, has some of the best hitters. The NL always brings the best pitchers. Uh, it's a, it's in a you know nl ballpark and it is a uh i think the other stadium is a pitching ballpark so yeah you would think you'd have to lean in more a little bit more the nl but i'll go kind of the underdog factor i'll go the al that's who i'll be leaning with um to take the all-star game tomorrow
1: yeah i'm also In terms of the lineup, Mm -hmm. I'm leaning AL um, based on the fact that I just love the raw power scene in the first five guys. Mm -hmm. I will say I'm not sure they're going to touch Kershaw. Yep. But usually the starting pitcher is kind of out after an inning, maybe two, Uh, maybe you maybe they'll go three, but I I think that's pretty. I think we're only
0: going to see one. Yeah.
1: You think so? I I think
0: Kershaw is only going to see one, and I think McClanahan could see two. But I know last year I think they were quick to get in uh, Corbin Burns into the into the uh, the rotation or into the into the lineup. right i feel like i i gotta see how many starting pitchers or how many pitchers are in the game but i I feel like
1: it's a lot yeah
0: um and we'll discuss this in in a couple moments but um you know with no more extra innings alex i feel like you almost want to get every pitcher in there get them their opportunity to go get an out go get an inning done so i can see guys kind of only getting an inning just because teams are also looking at you know, we don't want to overwork these guys in an all star game.
1: So. Exactly. And that's a good point you make. Um, so I, I'm not sure Otani or Devers, the lefties against Kershaw, like you mentioned. I'm not sure they're going to do damage. You know, maybe Judge can get something going. They very well could do damage, but um, Kershaw has just been on a really hot streak right now and i think he handles the top of the lineup probably pretty well but we'll see how it, how uh, how he fares but i just think the the raw power from otani mm-hmm. judge devers guerrero stanton buxton stupid, as yeah. your front six that's probably that's probably like six of the top like 10 most raw power guys in baseball just Easy. how hard can this guy hit the ball those guys are also high in that list um so it's gonna be a really fun lineup for the american league i think um but the nl has no slouch either um they do kind of end with two lefties in Peterson and McNeil, so I wonder mm-hmm. if they're gonna kind of try to do some counterplay. I'm sure there's a lefty reliever that hopefully, hopefully Dusty's kind of looking Very at true. for that spot, but we'll see how they handle it. Um, and then for the overall game, I always lean AL, just like you do. We're, I mean, we're fans of an AL team, and AL is kind of on a big streak. They kind of in our whole lifetime they've kind of dominated the yep. NL, mm-hmm. so it's easy to lean kind of that direction. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll. See, I mean, you know. Both teams so talented uh, and so many special players on each, so we'll see how how things kind of pan out. But you already alluded to it, Travis. There is a change in the way they're going to handle a game that's tied after nine innings. Typically, of course, it's extra innings. Um, it would have been funny, like you told me in a text. It would have been funny if they just went with the new extra inning rule and did it in the All Star game. I feel like fans would hate that, right? Oh, ghost I,
0: runner, yeah.
1: I, 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 the ghost runner, but at the same time, you also don't want the pitchers like if they did no ghost runner you could have this all-star game going 15 innings you're all these pitchers don't want to keep pitching you start doing yep you start putting i don't even know jock peterson out there to throw some pitches you start putting in these uh you know the different utility guys to start throwing pitches just to save the pit the real pitchers arms but travis
0: and i think even going back to 2008 again alex that one went like 16 innings at yankee stadium the that's old right yankee stadium and it was kind of it, you, you're kind of thinking okay i mean Someone's bound to get hurt. So, you know, what, what are we really doing playing baseball at 1 a.m. on an all star break? Kind of, you know, it was, it was, past, it was past
1: my bedtime, and I was just like, what's going on? How's <laughs> it not over yet?
0: Yeah, yeah, unreal.
1: But the new format's going to be, uh, I think, pretty exciting if we do get to see it. If the game is tied after nine innings, both teams send forward three guys each. And they will have a mini kind of home run derby. I think they all get like like three swings or something like that each. And after they all go, whoever has more home runs will win i'm sure if it's tied still they just do it again
0: exactly but yeah. it,
1: it, it'd be really fun travis if it was like penalty kicks in soccer where you send up the next guy in the team imagine you just keep going guy yeah. for guy and yep. they, they they just keep tying that would be so much That'd fun. Be fun but i'm sure it's just going to be the three and the three so we have the three names for you of who it's actually going to be and travis and i we may disagree with the three that they're deciding to run out there so, what we're going to do is we're going to say who the actual three are going to be selected so by the coaches. And then we're going to go ahead and say who we would pick if it was our choice to send three guys out from each league to kind of try to win the game for the rest of the team. But the yeah. guys who it's actually going to be, Travis, for the American League, it's going to be Ty France, Julio Rodriguez, both of the Mariners, and then uh, uh, Tucker from uh, the Houston Astros. And then for the National League, it's going to be Pete Alonso, Kyle Schwarber. And Ronald acuna jr so um i think the nl squad i mean how about this let's just say who we would pick oh, and yeah. then we'll kind of talk about the whole thing
0: mm-hmm. um you want to go first yeah yeah that's fine yeah so uh starting off american league alex um you know first guy that comes to mind and you definitely got to think about is of course shohei otani um he's got to be in this with some of the best raw power uh how fun would that be to end the night with shohei otani taking batting practice Um, I also look at a guy like Aaron judge as well. He's got to be in this, uh, most home runs in LB right now. Um, and then one guy that, you know, he's been a masher his whole career. I'd, well, I'd love to see in the home run derby or at least in the last three swings, I'd love to see Giancarlo Stanton in there as well. I think that'd be a really good final three, um, two Yankees and an angel to wrap out the AL for the NL. You know, honestly, the, 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 the names they gave already are pretty powerful names. I mean, Pete Alonso, I think would be one guy I would like to see as well in the end he can of course match home runs almost made it to the finals tonight in uh in of course Dodger Stadium um I'd probably have to go with Juan Soto as well okay <laughs> he's already proven uh to that he can win a home run derby so I would love to see Juan Soto in the NL as well with Pete Alonso, and then the last guy Let's see, that would be a tough one right there. I mean, you got so many great names. Honestly, Alex, I'd probably go Jock Peterson. Um, he's kind of like the Stanton where his whole career, he's just been a home run hitter. Uh, maybe not as powerful as Giancarlo Stanton, but Jock Peterson always seems to, as, especially in home run derbies, he's always gone far. He's always gotten out of the first round and he always goes deep into the second round. I don't think he's ever made the finals before, but he always goes deep into the second round. I think he had a couple times where he's gone into like tiebreaker rounds. Mm. Um, I think in 2019, he had a tiebreaker round with either Acuna or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then in, I think it was 2015, he actually had a tiebreaker round with, uh, our pools at Cincinnati. But those are my three for the NL. I think it's Pete Alonso, Juan Soto and Jock Peterson. Uh, And then of course, AL show, uh, Shohei Otani, Aaron judge and Giancarlo Stanton. So those are my, my six pretty much.
1: So yeah. So we actually have a lot of similar picks, uh, um, which kind of makes sense. Uh, We know who's got the pop. Mm -hmm. But for the American League, I actually – so I I wrote this down before they announced who it was actually going to be. I have the same three that you did. I have Judge, Stanton, Otani. I think those are the three guys in all of baseball who have the best exit velocity stuff. I think they have the best raw power Mm -hmm. in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, For the sake of maybe difference from you, I'd be very cool with taking off one of the Yankees and adding in Rafael Devers. I think he is someone who's young and fun. Uh, lots of good. fans, uh, n- kind of nationally known, um, and then then you have this kind of unique thing where you have the Red Sox and the Yankee, and then you have the the MVP kind of in Otani. That's very so true. it make a fun trio, that I think. That would be. Um, so and then and, for the and, and let me ask you this, What Yankee would you keep? If I had to cut one, so you could keep Judge for the MVP factor and, and like the most him home runs. being the face of the team right now. Yep. Yeah, and he's just the more star power guy. But I also think that Stanton. If you're just lobbing him balls, I think he's just gonna hit them all out. I, I think pick it's Stan. just yeah. I, I think Stan's just I mean, he's got the best raw power yep. in baseball. Like mm-hmm. if you look at like how many times has a player hit a ball like over a hundred and seventeen miles an hour in the last like five years, yep. like everybody's got like, oh, I've done it like once or twice. And he's done it like 20 times. Like he, his power is just off the charts, but um I think even besides that whole like, you know, mathematical component, just in terms of fun, he just I, I love Stanton oh, swing course, so much. Of course. And I think so, he's one of
0: the one of two guys to hit a ball out of Dodger Stadium in his career. I sure, think him and McGuire yeah. are the only guys to do it, but yeah, he best raw power. I mean, when you think of just a power hitting guy, I mean, Stanton has to come to mind. So.
1: And then for the National League, uh I would rock with I wrote this down before and mm-hmm. actually it was pretty similar to what they put. I put Acuña alonzo and jock peterson just like you mentioned as okay. well so okay. almost the same as what the national league is actually doing except for i had jock instead of schwarber Schwarber's is a great pick yep. um he matches the ball and he is the home run leader for the national league but um and, the,
0: and i guess the two the two differences we have is acuna and soto basically the same player one bats righty one bats lefty
1: yeah i mean both have like the the great power star. i mm-hmm. think acuna's raw power is just nuts and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh i think the, having the braves uh, I mean, all, all the teams included here, except for I guess, to show you with the Angels. All the teams are like, um, you know, competitive teams in the playoffs right now. The Giants are kind of in that mix with Jock, but um, yeah, I think that you know, getting these exciting players in would be worthwhile. Not trying to hate on the Mariners because I'm pretty much <laughs> what I'm pretty much saying right here is that like, I don't think France and Julio are that exciting. I think Julio is very exciting. He I think that, right, yeah. I think that Ty France is. Not necessarily one of the best picks in terms of we're talking raw power. If we're talking, um, you know, also having two guys from the same team that's in Seattle versus I mean we picked two guys but they're from the Yankees. So I guess in that way it kind of makes more sense in terms of the national appeal. Tucker I think also is a great bat. Um, his raw power numbers aren't the same as some other guys maybe. I would have loved to see Jordan and something like this, but oh, yeah. of course he is gonna be missing the game on injury. But yeah, that kind of wraps up that segment. Um, it's going to be really cool to see if it actually does happen at tie game through nine. Um, everyone's going to be glued to like this new format. And hopefully one year very soon we actually get to see it, you know, kind of come to that point. That's going to be super exciting.
0: And, uh, and our hope was too, Alex, was that they would just give the two legacy picks to be the uh, ninth inning or extra innings home run derby, Miguel Cabrera. Our pools,
1: yeah. The commissioner put them in the game as a, just kind of not by vote but by force. Imagine just seeing them go out there. You guys are gonna take turns, and whoever passes out first is gonna be the uh, the loser of the all star game. But. You're
0: gonna do that, and then you're just gonna start. You're just gonna bust down first base line and run a hard ninety, and whoever gets to first base 2 that'll be also factored in the uh, the tiebreaker. So.
1: Just, Terrence, how about just this? Just 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 <laughs> first to second and a slide, and just whoever touches second first wins. That's. That, I'm in. I'm in that, for, that. I'm that'll in for just, that. That'll that'll just be the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's tons of of you know fun kind of jokes, but I I legitimately am excited for. What, hopefully we end up seeing something like this, where the tiebreaker actually decides the game.
0: It'll be fun. It'll be fun at all. Yeah.
1: Um. But Chad moving on now. Uh. Beyond the All Star Game, just some other kind of general topics going on in the MLB world right now. Um. I'll start off with this. Uh. I want to talk about a player who is having a really. Probably the most unexpected year of anyone so far. And I feel like we've really barely mentioned him on the podcast. Not because, you know, not for any fault of ours. He's just so under the radar up until a couple months ago and now is on another level. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Matt Carpenter, Travis, for the Yankees. He's played some DH, some first base. He may have even played like an outfield inning or something like that. But he has just been the left-handed bat to end all left-handed bat. I mean, he has just been on a completely other universe right now. I wrote this down in my notes. I think Matt Carpenter is going to get MVP votes this year. What if I told you that in, in, in March when he was signed by the Rangers on a minor league deal. And what if I told you he's going to go to the Yankees. They're going to win the world series and he's going to get MVP votes. What, I mean, who would have saw that coming Uh, before I throw it to you? I have a couple stats here that are just truly, I mean, just not even believable. And I saw these on, on, on Twitter, of course, my my go-to spot for a lot of this stuff. But, um, Listen to this, Travis. The highest slugging through the first 30 games of a season in MLB history. Highest slugging in MLB history, 30 games. Minimum 75 plate appearances. Number one, 2022 Matt Carpenter at 933 slugging. Below him, oh, just a guy named uh, 1953 Ted Williams. (laughs) Below him, oh, just 2000 Mark McGuire- below him oh just 1932 Jimmy Fox he's topping these legends in terms of this stat he has the best slugging through 30 games ever and then this other just mind-boggling stat is here's all the Yankees Travis with multiple games of seven plus RBI in a single season it's Babe Ruth in 29 it's Gehrig twice in 34 and 30 it's Joe DiMaggio in 1940 And it's Matt Carpenter this year, and that's the end of the list. It's literally like the three just most memorable Yankees in their franchise history, and then Matt Carpenter. Uh, And then one more thing here. Matt Carpenter of the Yankees is the second MLB hitter in the modern era to have a 1,000 slugging percentage over his first 20 starts of a season. The other was Barry Bonds in 2004, peak steroid era Barry Bonds. He is literally putting up numbers that rival the all-time home run hitter in his best seasons. Travis, try—it's going to be difficult, but try to explain to me what's happening here with Matt Carpenter.
0: Yeah, I mean, to put it all into short terms, you, I mean, you you found your diamond in the rough, but, I mean, this diamond is—
1: It's shiny. You
0: know, yeah, one of, one of a kind that has never been created or found before in the eternity of human history. I mean, I, I'm looking at these numbers, Alex, and you're right. I mean, right now, 97 played appearances, 31 games played— um you know does not play every single day but when he plays i mean it's just unbelievable an ops of 1380 i mean this is just unreal kind of stuff and you said the slugging percentage a nine right now it's a 911 um and i mean someone better call 911 because this guy is just you know highway robbery right now i mean what the yankees found in him i mean i I cannot believe that a team like the Yankees, the year they're having and they find a guy just like this. I mean, he's also been one of the biggest impact players on there. And the reason why they're being so good is a guy like Matt Carpenter. I don't even know what he's getting paid for this year, Alex. I, I I think it's definitely, you know, it, below. It, it's a minor three,
1: It's a minor league deal with the Rangers and I think they traded for him or something. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. it's not like it's nothing like it's nothing.
0: And I just can't imagine if the Rangers would have just had this guy get called up and imagine if he was a Ranger right now and he'd just be punishing AL West baseball and we just look at ourselves as, you know, are you kidding me, you know, just another team in the AL West that kind of just always finds the right player to put in and have a successful season. But Matt Carpenter right now, you're right. I mean, he's on a kind of a stretch where he will get MVP votes. Um, the only thing that will be concerning, of course, is plate appearances and games played. Absolutely. So some voters, of course, won't like that. But even the small sample size, even you look at 31 games played, you're basically saying he's played one month of baseball. He has a 2.2 war. And he's really not playing that much defense, which is pretty surprising that his hitting has been so spectacular when he is playing that – it's up there with the greats of the games the gods of the game but going all the way back to Jimmy Fox Lou Gehrig Babe Ruth when you even look at the Yankees history so I mean I I really can't explain this at all you really can't explain how you find a guy like this someone who was just in the dumps of this guy's career is over never had an OPS plus above 100 except back in 2018 19 20 21 those seasons all below 100 hitter for an OPS plus uh, measurement but I mean, I I can't explain this. I, I don't know who can. I, I don't know how you find and how you kind of just like give this guy like a reborn kind of identity as he is right now. But I mean, he's one of those guys, Alex, that really could next season get a one, two year contract that could be worth some money. But he honestly might go back to that same Matt Carpenter that is before similar to like an Eddie Rosario, where it's kind of just like you found the right timing of Matt Carpenter. But, you know. I don't think it's sustainable, but of course, of course. you're riding with this this season and, and it's just it's to go with the luck with the New York Yankees so far this year.
1: Right, yeah, I think that was well put. There's no sustaining this, but of course, um the production is just undeniably important to what they've done. Um you mentioned the war number as well. I think, yeah, baseball Reference and fangras both have him like the low to mid two in number of war. That's more than some all-stars. There, oh, yeah. was, there are some all-stars with less war than Matt Carpenter, and he's played 30 <laughs> games. So it's just like it is, it is quite honestly just hard to yeah. even imagine how this happened. Um, yeah, for a veteran like him to have this resurgence – a lot of teams would be kind of dying for that right now. I know the Angels would love to have a, a veteran who somehow just showed up
0: and just a nice lefty third baseman doing this, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be it'd be quite it'd be it'd be on on a, another level for us. It but, would be. But the Yankees, the rich get richer. Travis, uh, they already were super stacked mm-hmm. and are even getting better because of Matt Carpenter. But I'm gonna shift now, Travis, to a different conversation. Um, I'll go here. I'll go to uh, Aaron Judge right now. A okay. lot of this talk about um, Aaron Judge being the MVP versus mm-hmm. Shohei, and it's very uh, – I think if anyone made a case for Judge, and made a case for Otani, I would nod my head. I would say, yeah, okay, like like that makes sense. And
0: I will say last time we redid this episode or the last recording, Alex, I had Judge number one. I had Otani number two. Um, I think after Otani's last start against Houston um, – it's it's a toss-up now i mean the way he just embarrassed the houston astros lineup that is so good um it's i mean i would say you're not wrong to have Otani number one because i mean what he's doing on the mound this year i mean unbelievable so that, that's one thing i'll put before we talk about judge
1: sure yeah i mean uh w- we agree that start in, uh, against houston was just on another level every time he takes the mound the angels win and when he doesn't they don't that's what i call value right yeah, there yeah but um there's this whole concept of like people seem to think I'm not talking about everybody, but like, I'm sure a lot of writers get it and we get it, mm-hmm. but some people, uh, fans, baseball online or whatever, they don't get it. And they seem to think that like, because the angels have a really bad record, Otani's not viable. It's like, mm-hmm. he's cause they say, they say, give him the most outstanding player, <laughs> but he can't be the most viable. No. It's like, just because your team is losing doesn't mean you're not valuable it just means Mm -hmm. they'd be way way even losing even more without Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and so i kind of had this thought travis where do you think the yankees would rank in the american league or the american league east if they did not have aaron judge Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. what would be your what would be your thought
0: I, i mean i i think right now they're definitely a top two in the al east um I think that they just have so much star power in their starting rotation and their bullpen to really carry the load. Aaron Judge is having a phenomenal season. But if you replace him with a guy like, I mean, let's just say an average player, an average 100 OPS guy. I mean, you're still looking at a team that's probably right now in the thick of it's in in a playoff spot still. So I I really think the Yankees are a tremendous team with or without Aaron Judge. So that's one thing um, that you can say. I, I mean, with Otani, the next thing is. The angels are a completely different team without shohei otani and his pitching this season i, I think i point out a stat last time you know angels won 12 games out of 40 or something like that over the you know the tough losing stretch and in those 12 wins shohei was 6-0 and you take away shohei from that you basically are looking at six wins in a 40 or and, something game stretch. Yeah, and so you're looking at half. this team and, and it's, it's just unbelievable. Also, we lost the game where he had eight RBIs. I mean, we should have won that game too. And it, he look like he literally has legitly won how many games over the past month and a half with his pitching and his bat and his pitching and his bat in the same game. So, um, it, it's, it, it's, it's unbelievable what he's been doing for over the past month and a half. And with Aaron judge, um, a tremendous year, but I will still say the Yankees would be, pretty similar team without Aaron judge in my, in my belief.
1: Travis, we completely agree. And I think that very
0: much like the, uh, Ma- uh, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen days where I think when Jordan left, didn't they lose like two more games oh, without, without Jordan? Something like that. Yeah. That, that was mean, part of the whole, you know, goat conversation with LeBron it, and Jordan. So they were debating it,
1: that. Yeah. And the playoffs, the bulls, their lack of Jordan got exposed, but the regular season, the record was almost the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that first year Jordan left, but back on judge, I honestly think the Yankees would have the best record in the American League without Aaron Judge, um, because the rest of the team has just been that good. Um, There's no way to know this for sure; it's all hypothetical. But just based on like how much one player can add to a team, Mm -hmm. Judge adds a ton of value. He's such a special hitter, and he's been on a monster year. At the same time, I mean, he's not even like the war leader uh, in MLB, and Mm -hmm. he's not even like in the top three uh, in most of the different rankings that you know we see and talk about during our like our. MLB stuff but uh Travis I just think that everything else that supports that Yankee team they have I saw a stat today most runs scored per game is Yankees fewest runs allowed per game is the Yankees mm-hmm. they have literally are scoring the most and allowing the least that means their defense slash pitching has been some of the best in baseball and on the other side of things, their hitting has been the best in baseball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just, there's no flaws in the team right now. They're they're completely loaded and they're completely locked in. Um, the second half may treat them differently, but I think as of right now, first half, uh, Aaron Judge, as amazing as he has been, the Yankees are still so good without him. And I know Travis, we both know, without Otani right now this angels team exactly just leave them as is yeah it would be a nightmare every it night would be, it would be it would be a nightmare <laughs> it night. would be
0: even more nightmarish than we've had Th- already, than so. it already is yeah so yeah.
1: um just wanted to kind of bring that up because i thought it was a fun discussion of like i really just think that um that's the truth about the mvp conversation and and, and travis maybe judge could be so great that even though he's on a great team he elevates him to that other level. And if if the Yankees end up beating some sort of record, like best Yankees record ever or something like that, it'll help his MVP case for sure. Of course, But in reality, how much of that is him and how much of that is the depth of the team, um, that will be up for debate and we'll kind of cover that, of course, at the end of the season if if we end up in the same conversation.
0: And I think so so far right now, the Yankees um, and Judge, they're still going to be leading the charge for the AL MVP, I think with the voters right now because Judge is – on the first place team the Yankees are just a narrative so far of 2022 in the AL Angels have just been nightmarish even though Shohei has been just the bright spot in that organization this season um you know some fa- some voters are going to say well you know Shohei got it last year so I'm going to give it to a new guy this year you know there's just so many different things that you can't really control of with MVP voting of course when you look at um you know D- define stats like okay who's gonna have the most home runs that of course is going to be a defined stat that really you can't you know vote or debate or change or anything like that but mvp of course is where it gets tough because you know how many years we've seen guys just get completely you know robbed of the award so all the time uh, it, it, it'll be something that comes down the end and i know for sure right now i i, I would still bet that judge would still win it if the season ended today just because i know the the, the voters and all that stuff they're still going to lean towards you know the narrative of the season which you know it's it'd be a fun it, it's something that really you know I, I i i agree with you should not be at all counted so
1: it'd be a fun conversation for sure uh moving on travis another huge headline of the last week or so is that juan soto turned down a 440 million dollar deal for 15 years that would be that would have been an extension with the nationals um dude's got some balls and it's just an ultimate kind of bet on yourself move i mean mm-hmm. Not really, though, because you just know that like someone else will offer you something mm-hmm. just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even if the season is not great for you, you have just proven time and again how good you are as a hitter, as a complete ball player. Uh, you already have the ring to prove it. You already have all the stats to prove it. Um, but, Travis, some teams are going to be offering an absolute prospect haul because they've and Nationals have pretty much announced. I saw a tweet just today about a few hours ago. They're going to try one more time to offer him even more i'm not sure if they're going to increase the total number and leave the years the same or maybe a lot more money and like fewer years they're going to reorganize their offer though and they're going to get back to him one more time and if he does decline they say they will trade him and what i read today is that they plan on they plan on trading him before this year's trade deadline so if that does happen travis i cannot wait to see i mean Imagine one of these playoff teams who's like serious about it, like a Yankees, like a Mets, like a Dodgers. One of these teams in the thick of a playoff race. Imagine them adding a Juan Soto to their outfield for not only the second half, but for October. Talk about a way for one team to put themselves over the top. Yeah. So I want to ask you a couple things about this. We'll start here. Well, first of all, just off the top very sorry to all national fans this must be absolutely brutal oh yeah, yeah. um travis a couple of years ago when trout was getting extended right before that i was just like i cannot see this guy in a different jersey yeah we're It'll all break scared heart. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah but uh once so- in a generation talent mike trout was the biggest comp to mickey mantle soto is the biggest comp to ted williams so yeah. i mean it, it's pretty crazy for nationals fans
1: if 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 somehow he mirac- miraculously stays around uh, congrats to the fans but it seems like things are definitely pointing towards a sweepstakes where the nationals can rebuild with a huge trade package so we'll start here which team do you think makes sense for first of all they need, they need to have some good prospects they have to have a good farm system mm-hmm. and second of all they need to have a nice spot in the outfield for a player for the next decade so decade plus really Uh, assuming the extension happens you know asap so which team do you see as a good fit in your mind
0: i mean you just got to see dodgers as (laughs) as a clear favorite because they can easily slide him into left field he's played left field majority of his career um a bet soto corner outfield would just be ridiculous for, for um, a decade,
1: for a decade, You're right. Like for a decade,
0: they have the money to extend him, which is also, you know, one of the big things as well. You want to make sure if you get a guy like this, you have the money to pay him. So, and I don't know if they would be, um, looking to move a guy like Bellinger, if Bellinger would be on the move to the, to the nationals, we'll see. But I mean, the Dodgers have the money and they have the prospect line. They have all the pieces to get a deal like this done. Yankees as well have a deal like this to get this done. They can move so many young guys Volpe. Uh, Peraza, Dominguez, they got so many guys that can be on the move to the Nationals. All I know is honestly, for Nationals fans, it would be such a bummer, but I also feel like it'd be such a great, great turnaround that right now you'd be having yourself, you know, Josiah Gray and uh Keebert Ruiz yeah. from last year's trade from Scherzer and uh, Trey Turner. And then this year, you'd get five to six good prospects to really build on. And then, of course, you got all the prospects that you've already drafted. I mean, as a Nationals fan you'd be pretty happy as well as you know you won the World Series in 19 and hey by you know two or three years from now you can have a team that's really young rebuilding and turning out to be a really nice ball club the one thing about Juan Soto is Alex he's pretty much the same age as all these prospects yes and I know there was a stat that said I think right now in this year's futures game that just happened this past weekend there were 12 players in that futures game that were younger than Juan Soto out of what, right. 40 guys. I, right. I, I mean, that that's the one thing that's pretty crazy to look at is that Juan Soto is still a very young baseball player and he's still looked at as a prospect. So that's the one thing about a, about a team like the Dodgers. They're getting a prospect that's already proven that's already World Series champion just won the home run derby at the stadium. So he's very comfortable with that stadium as it's shown tonight. Um, They've got to be one of the biggest favorites, of course, the Yankees and, of course, probably the Mets as well. Um, you know, teams that are willing to spend and just get the high rollings right now, go out there, win in the next couple seasons. It proves that the Yankees, Mets and Dodgers really want to do that. Um, and I mean, I'm looking at maybe a sleeper team, Alex. And I mean, you mentioned it a couple days ago and you said possibly even Seattle. Seattle's had the money. They paid Cano a bunch of money about ten years ago, so you know that they have been having some times where they've been able to say, "Hey, we can spend the money." But I really wonder that if they were to explore that option, with the Nationals say Julio Rodriguez has to be in that package, you, which it, would be interesting?
1: And there would be no way the Mariners do that. Exactly, it, it would have to be exactly. a package around like mm-hmm. I know they have Kelnick, no, Noel v. Marte is like a infielder. They have young pitchers like Kirby and Brash, mm-hmm. so they can make some sort of package. Uh, maybe they ask for, uh, like, a Logan Gilbert. I doubt they would. They, I mean, I feel like you want to get a bunch of guys, like, ready to kind of prove themselves in the in MLB level. Definitely, All kind of the same age. I mean, you don't need everybody to be the same age, but it helps to have, like, a core that's kind of all on the same page, I feel like. The Mariners, I think, have a nice spot in corner outfield with his name on it if they were able to, uh, I guess, have the balls to kind of create that kind of package for the nationals, yes. but that many yes. of their top guys, because it will take a team. It'll empty out a team's top 10. Oh, yeah. like, it'll, oh, yeah. like You'll need to give up like four or five of those guys. But uh, Travis, that was a dark horse. Like you said, I think the three you mentioned Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, in my mind, I'd be pretty surprised if he goes anywhere, but those teams, of course I could be wrong, but yeah. Yeah. I do feel like, first of all, three teams that are big markets, three teams that have tons of money It feels like when a big player hits the market um, for the Dodgers and Yankees, they're always in play. And then, of course, for the Mets just recently under new owner Steve Cohen, Mm -hmm. the checkbook has just been absolutely massive. Um, It will put those teams in some interesting spots, though, because, first of all, they do have the prospects for Mm -hmm. it. But some of those teams have some free agents coming up that will put them in an interesting spot if they sign Soto to a record-breaking deal. Mm -hmm. What will the Dodgers do with like Walker Bueller in two years and Bellinger in two years? I mean, Bellinger, he hasn't been that great, but mm-hmm. there's still some talent there, of course. Um, but some of these guys are becoming free agents. A uh, Trey Turner becomes free agent this season. So uh, what will they do if they dish out a huge deal for Juan Soto? Yep. Yankees is a big question. Aaron Judge. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up to you because that will be our kind of next topic here. If you are the Yankees, Travis, would you prioritize? I mean, because... Maybe you somehow try and pray you can do both, but let's mm-hmm. just say you have to pick one as your priority. This is what our game plan is this offseason or, or maybe this trade deadline or whatever. Are we going to trade, let's say, like, you know, three of our top five prospects plus two more uh, in, like, the teens or whatever, uh, plus maybe even an MLB player right now. Would we trade that for Soto and then break the bank for him? Mm-hmm. Or do we keep the – and of course, once I was 23, we're talking about a young player you can have for the next yep. – over a decade. Or do you keep the prospects and extend Aaron Judge for a monster deal? Keep the guy who's been with you. Make him an all-time Yankee pretty much. Mm-hmm. Have him for the next you know seven, eight, nine years, yep. however long it may be. You keep the prospects. He won't age as well as Soto because he's older, mm-hmm. but he's been our Yankee forever. You keep more prospects. Which way would you try to go with that? And, and of course, the deal will probably be less total money for Judge, mm-hmm. um, possibly less per year as well. We'll see what the final Soto deal looks like. But um, I would expect maybe some more room to add players if you went Judge instead of Soto. But go ahead and give me your thoughts. Yeah,
0: and, and, and that's the first thing I want to talk about too with Judge is that you'd be looking at, like you said, eight years and probably, you know, 300 and let's just say 300 and... million. I don't really know what that's going to be AAV wise, but you're going to have, of course, less years of Judge than you would with Soto and you'll be able to keep all those prospects. So I actually would be leaning the route of keeping Judge and not trading for Soto and just keeping those prospects so that that way, you know, Judge is going to get older and he i still believe will be a great power hitter when he's 35 when he's 38 i think he's that type of player that can still mash home runs at that age the athleticism might go down a little bit but that's not really what he brings to the ballpark he brings of course and he brings everything to the ballpark you know the glove all that stuff the arm but i think with the power he'll keep the power up for a couple more you know for half a decade still um at least for the rest of the 20s but um I think that route would be the best and the safest. I mean, of course, if you want to go out there and get a Soto and you want to try to extend Judge, that would just be monstrous amounts of money committed to guys as well as a guy like Garrett Cole.
1: Already have the Cole deal, yeah.
0: I mean, imagine, because the only thing about Judge that scares a lot of people is he has been injury prone. You look at his career, it has had some injuries, a lot of them here and there. So that's one thing. Imagine one year you had Judge go down and you had Garrett Cole go down with Tommy John or something like that, and then you're looking at two guys making north of five hundred million dollars and you're just kind of wondering, crap, you know, how much money do we have left to spend? I don't really know what the Yankees spending limits are right now. It just seems like the Yankees, since I've been born, have been, doesn't matter who they are, we're gonna buy them we're gonna spend the money. So they could just attack it that way. But um if I'm looking at more of a, a budget aspect, I would say keep judge, let those prospects develop. You're gonna have one hell of an infield in the next couple of years with uh, you know, Volpe and Peraza and then you'll have Dominguez, you know, growing up with judge sometime in the near future i know he just hit a home run off which of the uh i think it would i know which prospect it was in the futures game but dominguez went yards, so um he's a bright spot as well so i think that'd be the best and safest route but of course soto like i said is a once in a generation kind of talent and you know exploring him would be what a great i mean option for the yankees to go forward to
1: yeah, it's it's definitely a tough one. Um, I'm not sure which way I'd really go. Mm-hmm. I'm so attracted to the idea of Soto 15 years. If you could get that on your oh, yeah. team, oh yeah, uh, you're pretty much. I mean, you know, you hate the jinx, and you know, knock on wood, but I mean, Soto for 15 years, you almost say this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer wearing our hat, right? Like that's oh, just yeah. kind of the thought um, that has to be going through your head. And Judge is almost in the same boat, really, though, for the Yankees. Like he is a guy who, I mean. I don't know how liberal they are with how they retire their numbers, but there's a chance you could retire in 99 if he played his whole career there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he has 500 home runs in a Yankee uniform. You know, that's the kind of thing that you know. I'm not sure the owner or the GM is thinking about that. I mean, that's probably a part of it. It's probably most about production for their kind of conversations. But I just think about this as a fan: like, which way do you want to go with this? Uh, you know, really, you know, tough decision because I don't know how you could possibly. Uh, extend judge on a big deal and then also trade for soto and extend him too um that's kind of hard to imagine that happening uh but yeah i think that i would probably it's tough i want to lean soto just because i like him so much but imagine you you lean soto you get the deal done you lose all the prospects next year like you said cole tom you know i don't want to you know i don't want to risk injuries but stuff like that happens all the time right all of a sudden uh this 2022 year doesn't really kind of translate to the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team dips a bit and now a judge maybe goes to the Mets and they're owning you uh, by, exactly. by winning a world series over there instead of with you. But you know, something like that could definitely come back to haunt them. Um, but I just think at the end of the day, um, if you want the better player uh, for the next, you know, however long it's going to be, it would be Soto, but the prospects is a big deal. Cause if it the is. nationals are asking for, if they say Dominguez and Volpe are no deal, like all of a sudden it's like oof like you're taking two like two of our top five two of our top three possibly um volpe being a top 10 guy dominguez being a guy who has been raved about for years Mm -hmm. um as just like they say they call him the martian because he's otherworldly tools like they, Mm -hmm. it's it's like it's so nuts how i saw this i saw this video travis he just got called up to high i believe and i saw this video of him being told and he's sitting in a chair he just looks like he's like what, like eighteen or nineteen. Mm-hmm. He just looks like he's like made of something else. He, just, I mean, I get why they call him a Martian. He just like looks like he has these massive arms and yeah. he just is so yeah. big and like Freak. long and yeah, it's crazy. But anyways, it is a super tough decision. I do not envy the Yankees uh, front office yeah. this trade deadline this coming off season, um but it should be a fun discussion.
0: And, and one thing I'll note too is that I, you know, do you then do explore with the Nationals? Do you? Say to yourself, you know, would you trade him for, uh, you know, the right prospects, but would you trade him to a, you know, divisional opponent? Would you want to see Soto owning you on the Mets for 15 years? You know, would you want that to continuously happen? So um, it's it's something you got to think about as well. One team also I said was going to be a sleeper. And just because they have tons and tons of prospects would be something like the Marlins. Um, You know, Soto would be going towards, I think, you know, closer to home of that aspect closer to the Dominican Republic in Florida, but, um, you know, it's, it's an a- answer or just a place that I've always thought that they had the, they've had the tools and the assets to move guys around. And I know Kim Ang is a young hotshot general manager. And I know she honestly would love to just shake up the baseball world and bring mm-hmm. in a hotshot like that. And basically, you know, all 29 GMs, all other 29 GMs are just, you know, their mouths are just dropped saying, Oh my goodness, she got the deal done. So that could be something of course as well. Um, today also, I also heard an analyst say, um, you you know, it's interesting how you can make this one work, but they said St. Louis Cardinals and they just said, because they have so many guys that you can move, you can move, you know, tons of those outfielder prospects you can move even uh matt, i think matt Levertor, you can move it, juan
1: Yepes. like they have so many they have so many guys they, they have a bunch of young guys they just brought up that are mashing at the mlb level it's mm-hmm. like look we have these guys who are pretty much ready in the next two three years they will be not only quality mlb players but they will be ab- above average players um ready to produce for a winning team so uh there's probably an interesting package there um you could stick him in either corner you probably give them either one of dylan carlson yep, or yep. tyler o'neill so it kind of frees up an outfield yep. spot for you
0: or two yeah who knows
1: um but then yeah i you mentioned the divisional aspect i did hear i saw some report and it's hard to tell you know what's you know going to be legit and what just kind of yep. chatter but i did see one report that nationals were very intrigued by what the mets could potentially offer they do have i think the number one or two or three prospect in all of baseball
0: is it uh the catcher Francisco uh, alvarez Alvarez, yeah. yes catcher. and Alvarez I mean yeah you got the catching game right there
1: so yeah I mean I don't know if they pursue him for that reason because they already have Kiebert Ruiz but mm-hmm. I'm thinking that the Mets have tons of prospects they could uh I guess deal to the Nationals plus they have the win now mode owner who's like I want to win yep. titles for this town I yep. want to be the team in New York good luck with that but they're gonna try um they have spots in the outfit for him really I, mean, I think Nimmo becomes a free agent after this offseason yep. um you know Canada's kind of utility you can move him around um you could make it work certainly, uh having Soto on that team. Also the fact that everybody has a DH, I think helps too. Mm-hmm. So there's t- there's so many teams that are gonna, I guess, have their wild dreams about trying to get Soto on their team. But I think the Mets um have the I guess the interest to get it done. I think the Yankees and the Dodgers are all gonna be players. Um the one thing I didn't see, Travis, I saw some report that said Yankees and Mets are like the teams that are in or whatever. Mm-hmm. It seems like every single time something like this happens, you don't hear about the Dodgers until you do, right? Until you yep. do. And yep. then all of a sudden, it's like the Dodgers are emerging. And yep. all of a sudden, these you reports, yeah. they keep coming. It happened for Mookie. It happened They'll for Bauer. Yep. It happened for every someone every year. Uh, even for Scherzer, Scherzer. And then, oh, we're going to add trade as well. They, they yeah. said Scherzer to uh, Padres was done. I think yep. it was Rosenthal. Yep. So they got that wrong. It was like Scherzer to Padres, like – it's on the one yard line all yep. of a sudden boom like dodgers dodgers, dodgers, em- dodgers emerge so i wonder if something like, like that could happen with soto maybe yankees mets one yard line dodgers just say hey actually we will give you dust and may whoever like that final piece was and, and mean then it just all clicks in a place they
0: have i mean they have bobby miller who's one of the stud starting pitchers coming out of uh, the prospect system i think he throws like 101 or 100 consistently and then of course the catching prospect. Um, Michael Bush, um, I think it's Michael Vargas, the first baseman, uh, Andy Page is an outfielder. I mean, they just have so many names. Also, guys Peppier. like Gonsolin and Dustin May. I mean, they can get really creative with this um, yes. and, and just have so many guys in this package. So, I mean, Dodgers have the assets to move to the Nationals for Soto and they have the money to re sign him. So it just makes sense that they would be a team that would be such a lock to secure a guy like that. Um, Alex, one team we didn't even say, and I know. The past two years they've just been winning the trade market and i mean except for last year with scherzer but the san diego padres i know they have so much money invested in tatis and machado i don't know but i just have a feeling that they still have some more money left out there and it just sure. sounds crazy but i feel like they still have some more money left out there
1: i think you're right and also they are the one team in baseball where you have absolutely zero question they are down to give away some prospects <laughs> exactly. for a player exactly. they have made some crazy trades giving away some big names mm-hmm. Chavis, you go back and look at some of the trade logs of the deals that they made for pitchers or, or other players in the last like like not just the blake snell uh you darvish yep. uh musgrove trade yeah. but just like the years before that like they traded uh they traded Ty france away in the uh austin nola deal they yep. traded away like a guy like Naylor. In the Clevenger deal, like some of these guys, like um, they could have been so much deeper right Kyle now. Cal Cantrell, yeah, if they, right, yeah, Calca, yeah, yeah. Uh, if they just kind of, I'm not saying what they should have done, but obviously, yeah. like in hindsight, you probably wish you had France over over Nola. They have young catchers coming up, anyways. Um, maybe you wish you didn't go for Clevenger because he yeah. has been injured. Yeah. That you can't predict that, but yeah. like it's just kind of crazy. In hindsight, some of the deals that they've given up have led to some kind of crazy, you know, uh, all stars. I mean, w- guys, w- what are you call that yeah, the butterfly effect, like you yep. change one small thing and the future just changed forever. Yep. But, yep. um, who knows what they'd be willing to fork over? Obviously, the deal probably starts with like a CJ Abrams. They have young catching prospects yep. like Campusano, I think, is in their system. Yep. And
0: Campusano, Abrams, Gore, maybe even throwing Cronenworth as well. I mean, there's just tons of guys you got to throw in there as well. So, um,
1: it, it's just crazy. The nationals, like you said at the top of this whole conversation, it's gonna be absolutely brutal watching Soto play for someone else at the same time you're going to get such a haul that it's going to be like you're, you're going to be like wiping your tears with some like bright hopes for oh, yeah. 2025 oh yeah we're going to be in the playoffs baby oh, yeah. so but i mean I, I mean
0: i i still to this day can't imagine machado tatis soto in the same lineup as you know so many other teams like we said before like the yeah. Mets and also like the yankees i mean uh any of the dodgers too i mean bets and soto for a decade i mean you got to be kidding me. So, I mean, there's just so many combinations. It seems like right now we're looking at mostly NL teams for soda to go to. So, I mean, I it, wonder just how many AL teams out there could be sleepers to, you know, somehow create a package. So.
1: I, I guess you already mentioned the Marlins, who mm-hmm. I never really thought of until you mentioned them. But any, any, I mean, I'm trying to think. What are the chances a non-playoff team makes the move? I think it'd be, it makes sense in a way because, you know, you're, I'm not having for a long time. Yeah,
0: rebuilding, um, yeah.
1: And but you have to ha- you have to have a core that he's going to believe in and want to extend that because he just yep. he just told Nationals no. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. So he's going to have to believe in your core probably to some extent to, to sign that extension. But um like I'm trying to think of what kind of team is not a playoff team right now. But I think you're wearing the hat. <laughs> I was not I was not trying to steer you that way. But if that's what you actually someone
0: think, had to bring it up, Alex. Someone had to say it in this episode when it comes to one Soto. But I mean, that's just a pipe dream. The only thing about that, Alex, is we get one Soto and then our farm system just goes to hell again i mean I, we, I, we are I basically selling everybody
1: i don't think we have the prospects honestly i yeah. think if no, you no. give them so if you just give them our top five it's not enough and you probably have to throw in like the next year and a half of otani or like yeah
0: something lord as well you got to throw in so many guys that are probably producing well this year that you're just kind of like okay now we're just stuck with trout and soto and squid
1: yeah <laughs> well, well said yeah um, so no. that could very well be in our future but i would be i'd be truly shocked we know that already moreno is down to uh i guess go all in, go all in on a really big contract mm-hmm. maybe he wants to reunite him with so with uh Rindon and suzuki but i i personally don't really see that uh Zou- I-, I only I don't see know. the nationals getting excited about whatever offer we make. No, of for course them. of course not so uh that pretty much settles that conversation there but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting trade deadline if soto indeed declines the next coming offer from the nationals here but um yeah travis that kind of wraps stuff up actually i think we should do one more quick little conversation okay. about a similar topic as soto but otani mm-hmm. um Good. has Good been floated not really floated not by the angels uh, but just media members have seen the there's the dramatic just terrible skid that angels have been on the yeah. last two months really just i think i think travis as an angels fan the most demoralizing embarrassing like stretch of baseball i've ever had oh, to yeah. watch yeah. just because we knew we were in the playoffs picture so it felt like it felt like it feels like yesterday yeah. and then yeah. honestly we couldn't be farther from it right now we are like a bottom 10 record um we are like i don't even know 12 13 games below 500 i don't want yeah. to look yeah <laughs> um the schedule might lighten up a bit at some point in here but it's still looking uh so dismal if we somehow ended up at 500 i'll consider that a miracle mm-hmm. um it's not impossible but it's looking pretty close to impossible yeah, yeah. uh so with that in mind travis otani becomes a free agent after next season mm-hmm. if at some point the indication was clear that he did not want to stick around because we know... I mean, one thing that I know for certain... I was talking, I was talking with, my, with my buddy who is from Japan and has watched Shohei in the Japan Leagues a few days ago. And he says the one thing he knows about Shohei is he wants to win. He cares about the World Series. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about much else besides improving his game and winning baseball games. Um, he t- says it all the time. He wants to win games. Uh, he blames himself for games Angels lose, which is just, it's so sad for us to see. It's like, no, we yeah. are failing you. Yeah. But Travis, give me your thought as if some, for some reason it becomes clear, if he does not want to stick around, are you going to consider trading him? Mm-hmm. And when would you do it? The, the, the earlier you trade him, the more value you get in return. Yeah is there any thought of you of possibly at this deadline or do you wait till the off season see what kind of free agents you can bring in? How would you go about it? Um, give me your thoughts on the whole issue. It's yeah, just, just yeah. if you would ever consider trading them, are you fearing the next curse of Babe Ruth? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. And, I mean, 100% absolutely do not trade on this deadline. Um, I, I am still not even in favor for Soto because I just feel like Soto is a guy that you need to think about the deal you're going to be getting because I don't know if you should say to yourself, I'm going to give my, my, my scouting department and my front office two weeks to think about a deal. I think that's just rushing it too, too much, but that's my first thing. One thing I'll bring up that you didn't really say or talk about, but angels Twitter has just been going off. Trout is untradeable. Um, the whole business of about trading trout and then just building around Shohei, I think that's pretty much the most impossible thing you could do right now just with the terms that trout is under and the money yeah. that's guaranteed. You're basically asking some team to pay almost like bets one soto money if, if for Angels, an aging, you know, upper thirties guy.
1: If Angels traded Mike Trout, the team would almost certainly like there would no deal no deal would get done unless we like covered part of that contract. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that is just something that if we we're paying Mike Trout to play us, I would stop being an Angels fan. That would be terrible. But <laughs> that would but, be terrible. But please continue.
0: Yeah. So the, and then my and you know with with Shohei coming into this off season, and it'll be the biggest off probably of his career and probably of you know recent Angel fans career because you have one year left and that is the year to real this is the off really to make the big dent. This is the money that Artie's been saving up. I think we have sixty million dollars off of. Um, Upton Syndergaard and Lorenzen coming off the books you combine all three of those salaries AAV 60 million dollars coming off this season so you have the money right there to extend Otani um, my biggest nightmare Alex and it's sad to say is you know as an Angels fan I want to win first I mean I love having the success and love watching a guy like Shohei and love watching a guy like Mike Trout every single day but we're, we're sick and tired of it we're sick and tired of finishing with 78 wins and missing the playoffs I think every Angels fan would say um, you know with a tough, uh, you know, tough uh, cough, you know, it, it'd be tough to say that we would sacrifice almost having no Trout, no Otani, but winning success like we were having back in the early 2000s, you know, with guys that were not A plus players, but guys that were just getting the job done and, and can get wins and go to the playoffs. But, um, you know, all that being said, I think that my biggest nightmare is we give Otani $400 million. And then we basically have an owner that says, no more spending um we're basically now going to be working within the farm system and then it just takes us you know four or five more years to maybe develop some sort of a winning recipe um i think the one thing you have to say with the angels right now is if they were to trade a guy like otani depending on who they get and how much of uh mlb experience or how much ready these prospects if we were to get prospects back or who we would get back um would it help us win sooner than later uh, it would be a tough thing to do. Like you just said, the curse of the Bambino, um, I'd be thinking of that right away. And if we got rid of him, it would be basically the Babe Ruth trade. And we'd be looking at as a, uh, a red Sox organization of the 1919 19 and beyond kind of season. So, um, it's a tough thing to say. The one thing I will say, if it's going to, I basically, I'm saying I want to win now. And if Otani helps us win now, and if you can say, Hey, the spending's no problem, which hopefully an owner like ours can get, get his head around that and say, Spending is not going to be a problem because of how much money you're going to get with the Japanese market, the Japanese advertisements from Shohei.
1: Every day, Travis, so, the yeah. angels are doing a giveaway for Otani. Yep. He brings in so much money in that regard, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, yeah, no it, it, it's it's crazy how much money he brings into ownership just off of non-baseball reasons. Like, Of course, mm-hmm. you're he's producing at a crazy level, yeah. um, but if you just looked at how nuts uh, – the marketability of, of him. He's the most marketable player in MLB history, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure baby Ruth is probably up there too. But, right there, man. um, But yeah, Travis, I do think um, it is such a tough conversation you have to have because if you're the GM, you care about winning. I think that all uh, the GM cares about Perry Manassi. And it's like his second season as Angels GM. He's a first-time GM. He wants to prove he can win. Mm-hmm. I think that he will do what – well, first of all, he has to kind of – Get approved by ownership to do things. Yep. he's not going to be able to trade Otani without approval from ownership. He's not going to be able to extend him or to let him walk without approval from ownership. They're yep. gonna. It's going to be a conversation with the whole hive mind, the whole brain trust of the Angels organization. Absolutely. But I think the GM probably wants to do what's best to win. I think that owner Artie Moreno knows how much money Otani brings in, and I think he will do whatever he can. I I do not think he'll trade him. I think that he will offer Otani a crazy extension mm-hmm. and it really comes down to does Otani want to accept that number and be an angel or does he want to test the market and see what others offer mm-hmm. or will he just say, I don't feel great about the angels future. Uh, and he feels pretty confident about um I guess, signing elsewhere. So the, all that kind of talk, if they have those conversations this off season, it could inform, you know, should we trade them or should we not? Yep. But I think Travis, for me at the end of the day, like, like you said, as a fan, you want to see the angels win um, at all costs. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think that like the reward of if at some point the angels put a ring on Trout and Otani's fingers mm-hmm. in the same season I think how great that would be oh, yeah. is worth yeah. taking the gamble on, yes, you're right, maybe we extend Otani for a decade, mm-hmm. and three years from now we haven't made the playoffs still. Rendon's old, Trout's in his you know mm-hmm. almost mid-30s now. Um, the team is giving a lot of money to these guys who aren't producing like they used to. It could be a recipe for, I think, a really bad... Stretch of, you know, Angels baseball, I guess. Of course, yeah. I think that the potential, I guess, the gratification of getting a winning season or a World Series appearance, at least, or at least getting Otani and Trout as a duo into the same team in the postseason. Oh, yeah. I think that the reward of that pretty much outweighs anything. It would be great to get, you know, a rejuvenated farm. If we trade Otani to the Padres and got like their top five prospects, yeah, our farm would be a lot better. If we got Gore and CJ Abrams and Cronenworth um, and everyone else we mentioned earlier, yeah, it would revamp our system. But I really don't know. But we're
0: waiting for two or three years,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. and and so obviously, obviously trading Otani for anything makes us worse right now. In terms of what will make us better in like three or four years, if Otani, Travis, we didn't, we weren't sure if this was going to be consistent, right? Mm-hmm. He's doing it for the second year in a row yeah. where he's going to be an MVP candidate. He is going to be somewhere between like an eight and a 10 war player. Um, he's already at four something war, like mid four, uh, four point something war, half through the year. He is going to be in the MVP race. He's going to be eight to 10 war, somewhere like that. With that in mind, if he can do this, you know, the next three, four years, we are talking about someone who is more viable than any group of prospects i don't think you know four top prospects are going to be doing you know two and a half war each i mean it's possible um but they all have to hit right if any of them miss it becomes a lot less likely so um we'll essentially have to just i guess see how otani views the situation but from my personal view i am definitely leaning towards the side of I don't want to trade Otani mm-hmm. for the curse of the Bambino reasons. I it, it would suck to see him walk, right?
0: That right there, I'll say, is the worst that possibility would, out there. That'd be would
1: yeah. be a kick in the nuts for sure. But <laughs> I think that I think that um, they'll have they'll have an idea of I think where Otani's head's at before that offseason where he's a free agent comes around. Um, there's a good chance the Angels take that risk and say we didn't get a deal done, but mm-hmm. we'll, like, like Judge right now, essentially we didn't get a, an extension done, but when he's a free agent, we'll make another offer um that's a part where it gets dicey and Mm -hmm. it would be tough to you know make that deal happen i'm sure but Mm -hmm. i think that the upside the potential of winning with trout and otani um outweighs the downside and we're talking about two guys who can go into cooperstown wearing an angel hat oh yeah um you know why do we play baseball to win games not to you know get guys into cooperstown wearing your hat but um i think i I romanticize the idea of having the two, I think the two most special players of the generation be in the same team. And if if we have them both for a decade as teammates when they're when they're both putting up good numbers and we can't make the playoffs, then that's on us. That's yeah. not on that's not on the philosophy. No, because yeah, the yeah. Mets, the Mets are paying Degrom Grom over 30 million a year. I forget what the number is. It's it's I think it might be upper 30s. Mm-hmm. They're paying uh they just signed three free agents, uh, you know, that were 90 million or of, something like that. Yeah, co- yeah combine the number um you can pay two players you know whatever it is 100 million yeah you yeah, you, you just have to be able to pay the other 200 million to kind of round out the team yeah, yeah. and it, it just comes down to i guess um
0: and it comes down to smart spending too i mean you're not going to find absolutely you know you, you, you shouldn't go out there and give justin upton 30 million dollars so um i and you know honestly the last couple games the last two months alex i think it's really shown that the way Shohei's pitching i mean you're not going to find a lot of other starting pitchers that can do that. So I mean, that's one thing he's hitting and he's starting like no one's ever seen before. So that's one thing you got to point to as well as saying, Hey, if you can get the starting pitcher and show, Hey, for the next four or five years, then it's like, you're basically getting one of the best starting pitchers on the market. And also you're getting a guy that hits, um, you know, better than probably 80 percent of the MLB. So uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable that you can get that in one guy. And so that that's of course one aspect of the whole de- debate and the whole decision making process when you look in a guy like Shohei. So and, and um, Travis makes it so much harder.
1: He's pretty we've talked about this before. He's pretty much this season producing like Garrett Cole on the mound mm-hmm. and Giancarlo Stanton with the bat. And if you think about that and you really think about how crazy that is. 600 million. Those two guys combined make like
0: uh 300 million plus for both so well,
1: yeah, and, yeah and I I'm saying I'm saying uh like Aav wise oh, like yeah. I'm talking yeah. about stands around 30 I believe yeah and Cole was like upper 30s yep. like what is yep. like that 30 36 36 okay yeah. like Otani probably is not getting a 67 million dollar no, deal no not Aav at all. no so obviously this one guy who's producing like these other two great players he's gonna make less money than mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and he takes up one roster spot and he's doing it all at the same time I mean, there's Very no true. there's no denying the value is there, right? Very true, you yeah, like yeah. it you can almost view it as no matter what you pay, it's probably gonna be a really good deal in terms of production, just because mm-hmm. the, to get an ace costs 30 something million. To get a big bat like his costs 30 something million. Yep. Combine the numbers, you're getting it in one roster spot. Um I don't think there's any problem with the Angels in terms of understanding the value. I think they understand the value. It'll just come down to does he want to be here? And Almost like the, maybe the Garrett Cole situation. There was like a hang up with the Angels. They didn't want to offer him like one more year. So he went with the Yankees for a slightly bigger offer. Mm-hmm. Um and of course there's like a winning aspect of the Yankees that helps them too, of course. But I'm just saying I don't think the Angels are gonna snub them in terms of money. It's not gonna be like the judge judge negotiations that they just happened where um they sell them way short. Uh they're gonna offer him, I think, a bag. And we'll see. Yeah. I'm just I'm just kind of predicting. I think they're gonna offer him a bag. It'll come down to if the bag is quite big enough. And what and is he
0: 27, 28 right now?
1: Around there, yeah. So uh,
0: probably a ten years ten year deal you're already looking at right now?
1: I would say a ten year deal, yeah. I would think, yeah. yeah. Um I did see a quote today on Twitter. Uh I think it was translated as so hopefully it's 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 real and I'm mm. not being fooled. But it says something like, Oh, said says something about Anaheim being home. Um, don't know if that's true or not. Hopefully, uh, you know, for our sake he ends up wanting to stick around, but and he Tra- seems
0: like a humble guy, too. You know, he seems like a guy that is come here to accomplish a goal. And I think that if he left Anaheim, people would also look at that as, oh, you kind of ran away from your problems, even though he's not the problem
1: absolutely
0: it's it's a lot of other obstacles in the way for the problem but i see him as well being a guy that could say hey i want to come here i came here for a reason um out of japan i thought this place was special i still think this place is special um we've had just a couple bad breaks here and there in the last couple seasons that had just really been you know like this season of course Alex, you can't explain i mean you really can't explain the right. downfall of this season how we're all producing at a Average to above average level, but the results are far below average. So and yeah,
1: and like I mentioned earlier, I think Otani, uh, if he if he thinks if he knows if he somehow had a uh, you know uh, crystal ball and saw the Angels will not win a World Series in the next decade. Mm-hmm. I think he would automatically not sign. I think in order for him to sign somewhere, he has to believe this team has the potential. Mike Trout said it earlier in the interview today at the All-Star Game uh, festivities. He said something like, this team has the talent. It just comes down to not... Actually, you know what? It might have been Otani. I think Otani said Mm -hmm. this in the interview. Mm -hmm. He said the team has the talent... He can't explain why they keep losing, but he thinks that a big win could change the momentum of the, se- the, momentum of the season. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to change it enough for us to, you know, swing at, like, 20-game differential. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that, um, you know, Otani has a point that, like, a couple small things change. We yeah. get a couple, a couple better players, a couple less injuries happen, and this Angels team is a 500 team instead of 13 games below. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there is something to be said about... Um, you know what Otani said there about his kind of faith in the team. Uh, he could just be saying it's kind of you know not 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 be you, you don't want to throw yeah. your teammates under the bus. Yeah. So there's that component of it too. But yeah, yeah. It, it'll come down to you know like you said, does he kind of view this place as uh, an unfinished job he has to kind of complete? Um, I'm not sure. It'll come down to uh, how he views the team in the in the off season, but. It's definitely going to be a crazy, exciting, crazy, hectic time where we have Juan Soto and Shohei Otani, two of the game's premier superstars, you know, up for grabs, it seems like, at least uh, to some extent on the trade market or in free agency in the next couple of seasons. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how the league could get shaken up by these kind of deals. But uh, at the same time, Shohei, please stick around. <laughs> Angel fans are uh, definitely going to miss you. But, uh, Travis, that pretty much wraps up. Uh, the whole episode here um, made some pretty good time. Not 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 a dreadful two hours like like uh, past couple of episodes. But Travis, uh, you know, All Star Game tomorrow. We kind of previewed it, but uh, we'll kind of cover I guess how that all goes down uh, in the next episode. And baseball will be started back up the next time we we put an episode up. So you know, second half hype. Uh, I'm excited. I'm sure you are too to see you know some trade deadline hype. So trade deadline hype is gonna start up pretty soon. Uh, I'm really, I'm really curious to see, Travis, how the expanded playoffs, extra playoff spot in each league, how will that affect the trade deadline? Oh yeah. My common sense logic is telling me that the extra spot means more teams will have hope. Oh yeah. Which means less teams will be sellers, mm-hmm. which then means they might sell for higher prices because, like, there's more <laughs> teams being buyers, fewer teams being sellers. Very true. So it'd be crazy to see some like i guess bidding wars huger yeah huger yeah. bidding wars huger packages going for some of these kind of trade deadline targets um you know in about you know a few oh, weeks yeah. here we're going to know which kind of players are on the block and luis castillo has been floated out there you know juan soto apparently could be on the block so exciting times for mlb of course and we will be gearing up for the second half uh, in next week's episode but if you made it this far thanks so much check out the youtube instagram twitter like always Um, if you made it this far, thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next week.
0: Presented by
1: tool tools podcast. (laughs)